Sacred Footsteps presents Khayal Diaries, a series of personal accounts, narratives, and critical reflections on topics like Islamic history, culture, and travel. Join us as we showcase a global community of contributors, writers, and artists. Zerar. I'm a writer and photographer from London who has spent the past decade traveling the Muslim world to learn more about the rich history of Islamic civilizations. My work reflects a vision of cultural and identity revivalism where the might and beauty of Islam can be rediscovered and shared with others. I'm also an active writer and commentator in the fields of Islamic art and architecture as well as Orientalism, especially in modern travel photography. I published my first photo poetry book titled In Rap a year ago and I'm currently working on a modern English translation of poetry by the poet and philosopher Muhammad Iqbal. Like most travelers from the West, I saw travel as a necessary luxury, an activity or experience that must be had in order to feel some sort of fulfillment. However, soon after my first trip to Egypt in 2010, I realized I was highly drawn to places that had some elements of Islamic history. If the history wasn't visible in plain sight, I would seek it out. These same places then became walls on which I would find my faith written in a language that would speak to me. After decades of learning Islam, I had failed miserably, I felt, to connect with my God, and it was in these minarets and domes that I found purpose. Travel then became a pilgrimage that I would perform as often as I could. In the past two years, I began to publish my travels on social media, and this experience further cemented my purpose and mission in not only learning more about Islamic history, but now also about teaching it to others. This exercise in knowledge sharing has put great strain and responsibility because not only must the knowledge be accurate, but it must somehow reflect onto the multi-spectrum mirror of each person that comes across it. For example, is the history of Cairo, the history of all Muslims globally? Can it be presented in such a way or must it be categorized, colored and circled into compartments that we can appreciate in isolation? but not really own as ours? Or what about Iran? Is it simply the history of 12 Shias, or can Sunnis identify with a land that for over 700 years was Sunni? I attempt to push the concept of multi-truth in my work, and this exercise has upset a few, however, pleased and benefited many more. When it comes to operating on social media, the line between personal, intimate, and public, and informal is difficult to always identify. During my Umrah trip in 2018, I disconnected from the internet when I realized that the journey to the two holy cities had exhausted my spiritual capacity. I could not, I decided, show the walls and carpets, the faithful and the spiritual, whilst also dealing with my own spiritual crisis. Weeks after my trip had ended, I began to construct thoughts that summarized a wider and more general pattern of questions and thoughts that I felt were more universally relatable. Almost a year of lockdown provided me with the opportunity to develop and progress with a few personal projects, including the commencement of writing for my second poetry book, the first being in rap in 2019, as well as working on a photo poetry book on Iran and a translation of poetry by Muhammad Iqbal into English. 
Within the Sacred Footsteps realm, I have further pushed commentary and discussion on the topics of Orientalism, of poetry, its phenomenon, focusing especially on the global popularity of Rumi and other Persian poets, for example, Hayyam, Hafiz, and Athar. Reading poetry and literature in translation has significant repercussions for people who solely rely on translations to learn and practice their own cultural and traditional identities. This is something that has greatly impacted the way I see the world and the way I see other people reading poetry. I also hope to deliver more Heart of Persia tours for Sacred Footsteps in the coming future, with the addition of some new destinations, Cairo, Tunisia and maybe more. I am also working on a new publication with the founder of Sacred Footsteps, Zara, a book that tells the historic story of Medina through the eyes of pilgrims, travelers and explorers, as well as sharing the secrets of the architecture of the house of the Prophet Muhammad Looking to the future personally, my hopes are that the inner resolve that has helped me progress through the hardships of 2020 continue, and that within it, I am able to succeed in an outwardly way that others can benefit from, even in small insignificant ways inshallah. I have also decided to limit travel and see how further in my own mind I can traverse to better understand myself. Maybe travel isn't always the answer. Hoping that this journey can improve my writing and my creative process and build stronger foundations for my faith, inshallah. Yasmin. Hi, I'm Yasmin, one of the core team members of Sacred Footsteps. Currently, I work full-time in comms for, yes, you guessed it, transport and travel. What a coincidence. So it's been a really long and weird year in which travelling has very much come to a standstill for me and undoubtedly countless others, or so I thought. I did start to ponder a dangerous pastime, I know, when all of this kicked off and I stopped worrying for half a second about a deadly disease, how we would continue to engage our travel-hungry audience who are wanting our next adventure into historical and spiritual travel. It turns out, and not to be ridiculously cliche, it's all about journeying within. I joined Sacred Footsteps when I was trying to figure out how to navigate Lisbon of all places from a spiritual or faith perspective. Now this sort of thought often defined my travel and my way of travelling. A few Googles later and I stumbled upon a blog by no other than our editor-in-chief and thus I fell in love. I quickly scrambled an email and asked to get involved. Had I finally found my people? A few explorations, ideas, writings, more ideas and thoughts around a podcast and many laughs later I found out that I had. This year, or was it this year? I don't actually have any concept of time anymore. I loved doing the Kowali episode with fellow team member Omar and guest Sharoz. And I think that's also when, as a team, we started to think more outside the box with our direction of travel, pun intended. We started drafting and talking about content related to music and art in relation to spirituality. And now I actually mainly work behind the scenes. I do a lot of editing, directional work, process work, looking at submissions, because, you know, life does get in the way but I'm always there, 
I'm watching and reading all of your comments and I'm waiting for this space to grow into something even more phenomenal in 2021. This year has given me a lot of opportunity to reflect on the kind of traveller I used to be. To be honest, this persona has taken so many evolutions. I think I was always mindful of travelling to Muslim countries specifically, wanting to find a space to belong and also seek out a space that complemented my heavy Muslim identity. However, much of this was seeking out the nearest tariqa or spiritual gathering and adding a quote about God or a sunset to my travel pictures. Facebook was all the rage those days, so I'm a bit of a late bloomer to Instagram. And by the way, I still dislike it, but we can talk about that one day over some chai if you wish, or not. So even though there was some authenticity to my travel intention, it always felt marred by trying to show whoever was following me the extent of my spiritual depth and pursuit for knowledge. I guess I just wanted to belong. Heck, don't we all? You could say my way of travelling was often spontaneous. I would just get up and go. I had that privilege. I knew about it consciously, but I didn't consciously think about the cultural, environmental and ethical practices of my travel. How to be a guest in other people's countries, respecting people's dignity and way of living. I thought this was what I was doing. But being amongst honest, authentic individuals in the Sacred Footsteps team has expanded my knowledge tenfold. And thus, now I am so much more mindful about how, with what means, with what outcome I choose to travel. Now when I travel, which is much more locally, I try to be present as much as I possibly can. I've come to realise that God's beauty is not only in the Rif in Morocco, the intricate tile work in a mosque in Istanbul, but right on my doorstep, in the muddy forests of the Midlands, the deep misty air of the Peak District, the crisscross of city lights blurred at night by rain dancing across my window. Friends have been tour guides for me to their cities, and tree branches have welcomed me with open arms. I have come to realise that travel, in order to try to know God, is as simple as feeling the season outside with gratitude, no matter where you are. In this beauty are all of the opposites and similarities. The whole cosmos is actually in a single leaf, and that is nothing but perfection. That, to me, defines spiritual travel. As a team, we have had to use ingenuity and creativity to keep things together this year, and although we felt like our physical worlds had come to a halt, there were so many conversations and world events kicking off all at the same time. We tried to use our expertise, our academic connections, and all of the knowledge we could get our hands on to contribute to these conversations. Now, you guys may not know this, and I know you don't know this because we often get mail saying how resourceful we are, but we are a tiny team, and so we can only control a certain amount of narrative. You've all probably seen the Orientalism series, and if you haven't, I suggest it as a good place to start. It's only grown and will grow further, but I've realised being part of Sacred Footsteps that travel is so much more than just jetting off on a plane to Dubai, although I bet anyone in lockdown tier 4 is probably loving that idea right now. It's about education and a deep critical eye of where, how and why certain things happened in history to give us the nuance of culture and diaspora that we see today. In terms of social media as a tool for good and a platform to promote this work, the spiritual implications of putting your whole life on Instagram and social media is so huge and this is something as a team we discuss and think about often. It's actually sort of become an unspoken code for checking in on each other. We often ask ourselves, why are we doing this? What is the end goal? Are we adding anything new to the conversation or the narrative? Is anyone else doing it better? 
I encourage everyone to think about the same question before they decide to post something. As a team, we are always speaking to ourselves first, but reminders can be a nourishing thing. My personal hopes and the pandemic experience has made me realise that my real longing is not for approval or likes, but actually for wisdom. I want to live a life well harboured in the gifts of wisdom, knowing that this is something I could one day pass on to whoever might listen. Therein lies the true sweetness of the fruit that life can bear. I have many hopes for Sacred Footsteps for the new year. And firstly, is that we can actually travel again and host tours for all of our wonderful audience members who have rooted for us, stood by us and challenged us to be better and create more meaningful work and that we can give this back to them. Secondly, that we finally release some very exciting publications that we've been working hard on this year. I truly hope that God grants us the opportunity to see this wonderful and vast world in all of its infinite glory and sadness, lushness and deprivation in all of its opposites, so we can indeed be stewards of the earth, treading gently and with intention. In the Quran it says, The servants of the Lord of mercy are those who walk gently upon the earth. I am a public service and international development professional based in Canada, and in 2015 and 2016, I spent four months in India and nine months in Bangladesh, working on development projects related to climate change. I had always been enthralled with Islamic history and architecture. In fact, it was one of my majors in undergrad. And so I started snapping and sharing photos from my travels across North India and Bangladesh. That's when I stumbled upon sacred footsteps. When you're an enthusiast photographer, you jump at the chances to get featured by more established accounts, but Sacred Footsteps was more than just an account showing pretty places. It was aligned with my core values of responsible and socially aware content. As a young professional in international development, I was so frustrated with the industry's constant disregard, infantilizing and dehumanizing of the people it served. Simultaneously, I'd see photographers and travel bloggers that were presenting such shallow and even misinformed histories. So in 2017, I wrote my first article for Sacred Footsteps, and I called it the Safarnama, in which I shared my experiences traveling to Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, and Myanmar. I learned that Sacred Footsteps was actually a one-woman team supported by a community of contributors. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but I was asked to join the team when Zara started to think about expanding the platform. My travel experiences in the last eight years were mostly tied to education or professional development. I was fortunate, though, that most of the places that I visited and lived in were related to my passions, like Islamic history, art, and architecture. But, yeah, there was superficiality as well. I was in it for the numbers game. How many places could I knock off my to-see list? And I wanted to take pretty pictures, recreate missed moments for the camera, and essentially tell someone else's story. In 2015, while working in India, I visited eight cities in a span of four months. But if you were to ask me the city that I remember the most, it's Delhi, because that was my home base. So in 2016, when I was in India again for a short visit, I went back to Delhi to, 
mostly recover from the shock of almost losing my passport for a full 48 hours, but it was my first time returning to a place, an opportunity to keep going deeper, to stay. Now, obviously, I'm not going to cancel you for visiting new places. I'm still out here creating multi-tiered lists of countries to visit, but I have come to value the returns. Earlier this year, when Canada had only reported two cases of the novel coronavirus, I was on the train heading home. I had this half-baked idea. What if travel was practiced as an art form, meant to be perfected through trial and error, taking risks, reflecting, and seeking inspiration? Of course, it would be one of the most privileged forms of art right up there alongside sculpting, like who amongst us has spare marble or limestone? Nevertheless, I was ready to meditate further on this thought as I looked forward to my planned trip to Peru. But then the pandemic materialized, the writer's block equivalent to my travel as art argument. And now I'm not so sure that I can convince myself or others about how travel is an art form. But that doesn't mean that I can't try. After all, the entire experience of the pandemic has been a risky and reflective one, with plenty of reminders of privilege. Oh, and guess what everyone has been told to do? Stay put. In the beginning of the pandemic, so about five years ago, I felt charged with creative ideas. Working from home allowed me to develop a healthy work-life balance so that I could focus on creative ventures. Sacred Footsteps went through several stages of growth this year. In the early days of the lockdown, we decided to step into some unknown territory with live sessions with other content producers like Khatija Farah, Hassan Munir, Harun Khalid, and Mutua Mateka. Through some electoral rigging, I got handed the responsibility of hosting these sessions. As somebody who is incapable of acting like a normal human being in front of a camera, I slowly began to feel more comfortable with these sessions, and they taught me a lot about photography, culture, and history. I spent a lot of time researching and then hosting a podcast episode on the musical tradition of Kowali. It was the perfect manifestation of my love for South Asian music and poetry. My restless energy and creative drive didn't get wasted this year, because I really feel that my relationship with Sacred Footsteps was the perfect outlet for both. The resulting growth and strengthening of the Sacred Footsteps mandate was simply a double plus good a fitting dystopian reference for what seems like a dystopian year. This year presented several challenges of faith and afia. And now that it's almost over, I'm not going to stamp a hallmark ending on it and brush off the challenges I faced with reductive statements like, it was all worth it in the end. Because that would be a complete disservice to the discomfort, the pains, the joys, the little moments of respite, and just all of it. The support systems that upheld me this year also encouraged me to follow my creative interests, whether it was obsessively reading Fez Fez, photographing the moon, capturing strikes of lightning in the night sky, or writing the story of a visit to my maternal ancestral village in India. If I'm being really honest, I am not ready to plan for a world after Corona, or as the memes would say, the new Inshallah. All I want to preserve in the new year is the hope and optimism that surfaced during this one. And I want to end with a poem by Fez Abed Fez, 
recited by Faisal himself, that I continuously visited this year. it was translated beautifully by Agha Ali Shahid as follows. In the sun's last embers, the evening star burns to ash. Night draws its curtains, separating lovers. Won't someone cry out? Protest heaven's tyranny? An era has passed, and time is still stranded, its caravan of day and night lost. Nostalgia for friends and wine, to crush that sorrow, will allow nothing, neither the moon nor the rain. Once again, the breeze knocks on the prison door. It whispers, don't give up, wait a little, dawn is near. I'm from Kenya and a few years ago I stumbled onto the Sacred Footsteps page on Instagram and I wondered why there wasn't more East African content at the time. So in 2018 I offered to do a page takeover during the Lamu Maulid and the takeover was really successful and I wound up getting invited onto the Sacred Footsteps podcast to discuss Islam on the Swahili coast. After that, my involvement with Sacred Footsteps became more and more frequent until I finally joined the core team. I think before I was involved in Sacred Footsteps, my traveling ideas were still developing. And actually, I think even after my involvement with Sacred Footsteps, they're still developing. Growing up, travel was always about spending time with my family. Once I grew older, that was still important to me, but I realized that I also enjoyed traveling solo because it allowed me to learn about myself. It helped that I grew up doing things like camping, and this also instilled in me a sense of adventure. I enjoyed Sacred Footsteps at a very interesting juncture in my life. A few years before my involvement, I attended the Rihla, which is a famous retreat where Muslims learn about the fundamental points in their deen, which every Muslim needs to know. Traveling to Turkey and meeting Muslims from all over the world made me realize I had a dormant desire in me to travel for spiritual reasons. I was never really into social media, and I also didn't like the idea of sharing things about my life, especially something so vulnerable like leaving your comfort zone in traveling. But what I did realize is that traveling for Instagram or for social media in general is not necessarily a bad thing. Just by following somebody's travels online, you can learn so much about a place, its people, its culture, and its history. It's certainly how I managed to bring the Swahili coast to the attention of Sacred Footsteps and all of our followers. I really do think traveling for social media can be a force for good if utilized correctly. Living in East Africa, I believe there's many gems here waiting to be uncovered. 
Next year, once the pandemic has subsided, inshallah, I do plan on visiting the great ruins of Kilwa in Tanzania, described by Ibn Battuta as one of the most beautiful cities he had ever seen. I also plan on attempting a road trip following the path of the colonial lunatic express railway line, stopping at significant mosques and tombs that grew up alongside the railway. I also want to visit Morocco for the first time. I've had many chances that have never come to fruition. Basically, I have too many plans to count. This year has allowed me to sit back and look deeper into the history of cultures and places that I wish to experience, and has especially increased in me an interest in the Arabic and Persian languages. As Muslims, I believe we need to reclaim our spiritual and cultural tongues. Arguably, no languages are as important to Islam and Islamic civilization as Arabic and Persian. Among my spiritual ambitions for next year is that I wish to memorize more Quran and to visit more of the righteous men and women of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, both alive or dead. This, of course, all depends on the situation with the pandemic. But I suppose the wait is part of the journey. The patience needed in going somewhere is somewhat missing in our world today. These days, you can be on a beach in Miami, and in a few hours, you can be standing in front of the Kaaba. Previously, a lot of patience and forbearance was needed before reaching the conclusion of our journeys. Even though they are gems to visit in my own East African neighborhood, I am barred from seeing them. Maybe there is a wisdom in this. As far as Secret Footsteps work is concerned, I use this year to focus more on our website articles, such as my recently released Dada Masiti, the Rabi Dawiya of East Africa, and more to come. I was also glad to be involved with our podcast projects, and I am so excited to see what the future holds for the podcasts. At the beginning of the year, I recorded an episode with our guest Mohammed Ishaq on the somewhat cliched sounding topic, Knowing Yourself Through Travel. And although I always knew you could learn more about what you're like from traveling and experiencing new things, I never really realized one could know so much about themselves from staying still. In contrast to our first episode in 2020, I think by the end of the year I've learned so much more about myself just from staying at home. My year was particularly tough, just as so many people's were, but I learned so much about myself this year. We have big plans for 2021 and I'm sure our followers will be in for a treat. Zara. Salam, I'm Zara, the founder and editor of Sacred Footsteps. In a year that has been so difficult for so many, it feels insensitive and extremely self-centered to lament broken travel plans, so I'm not going to do that. With traveling abroad not an option, I tried to make a more conscious effort to appreciate my local area more and its natural beauty. I'm fortunate to live in a semi-rural location so it's been fun looking for different routes to walk. I did a lot of my travelling before Instagram came along. Boy, does that line age me. And before I even started Sacred Footsteps. I had a vague idea in my head about starting a travel website, not a blog, as I constantly found myself explaining to people. But it didn't take real shape until I visited Mauritania. That trip was the first time I felt I understood what travelling for a spiritual purpose truly meant. To begin with then, Sacred Footsteps was pretty much a reflection of my ideals and what I wanted from travelling, 
Think less sunbathing on the beach and more getting sunstroke in the desert. Okay, obviously that wasn't an ideal, but you get my point. While initially Sacred Footsteps was just me and my laptop, slowly and organically, we were able to form a small team. Each person that joined was someone for whom the concept of travelling for spiritual purposes, of wanting more from travel than just mindless fun, resonated. Earlier this year, however, somewhat unexpectedly, it took the pandemic for me to realise something. I had lost my enthusiasm for what we were doing at Sacred Footsteps. Throughout history, travel has been a privilege for the few, never the many, and it remains so. It's easy to compare ourselves with those in the past who lived with the constraints of the age, and feel grateful for the opportunities we now have that were impossible for them. It is harder to do that and come to any sort of satisfying internal resolution when we realise that the vast majority of the world is still living with constraints and that they will never have the same privileges many of us have become accustomed to. I remember how disheartened I felt after an Insta story about a historical site in India that we were covering. I forget which site exactly. Someone pointed out that most Indians don't have the means or the ability to visit it, even if they wanted to. And so a slight crisis of conscience followed. I found myself questioning whether our work was even worthwhile. Not to get too dramatic, I didn't want my life's achievement to be that I helped the privileged few make travel plans. I spoke to the rest of the team, and thankfully they understood. We took a small break and used that time to renegotiate our plans for Sacred Footsteps, renew our intentions... By the way, I find this is key and so important to do at regular intervals, and remind ourselves what the purpose behind Sacred Footsteps was at the beginning, before we even had any followers. We decided to focus less on social media and more on the website and creating content that we were proud of. Speaking of the team, their digital presence throughout the day, via WhatsApp mainly, while the UK was in lockdown, was such a blessing. Though we are fortunate to have a pretty wide pool of writers and contributors, our core team is still small, spread out over four countries. But one thing I've noticed is that though in some ways we're all like-minded, everyone has different strengths and skills, which comes in massively useful when meeting the challenges that come with running a media company. Sacred Footsteps is so much more than just travel, and reminding myself of that gave me a renewed sense of purpose and allowed me to regain the enthusiasm I had felt slipping away. Looking forward, though travel will always be an important part of our publication, we will focus equally on culture and history, content that is more inclusive and not only targeted towards a privileged view. I can't possibly finish this without mentioning Yasin, one of our core team members. I know it's been a difficult year, but I want you to know how grateful we all are for your presence on the team. We're all praying for a full and speedy recovery and can't wait to have you back. There will always be a place for you on the team and we look forward to many more Zoom catch-ups together. And finally, with the utmost gratitude, thank you to all of our contributors, writers and supporters. This platform and our work is truly shaped by you, your dialogue, discussions and ideas. I'm so excited for all the content we've got planned for the coming year and can't wait to share with you all. Dwa's for a COVID-free new year. Thank you for listening. 
If you would like to contribute to Chayal Diaries, send us a written proposal to submissions at sacredfitsteps.org. We're present everywhere on social media as Sacred Footsteps and on Twitter as S Footsteps.